It's Unleashed, Barry, a sports talk for Monday, September 26, 2022. It is episode number 11, complete recap of a disastrous 49ers 11-10 loss to the Broncos in Denver. Rusty Jimmy or same old Jimmy? Injuries are piling up again, and the blame game is here, plus the NFL in 90 and one for the road. The quote-unquote best argument is stupid and unoriginal. Let's go. What's happening? Thanks for joining us. Unleashed, Barry, a sports talk for Monday, September 26, 2022. John Lund with you. Remember, each morning, Unleashed is dropped, so make sure you listen. Subscribe where you like to get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, and the such. Tell your friends. Also, interact and follow at John Lund Radio. We'll drop a mailbag on Tuesday. I'd like your interactions by then, but we use them all week long if something hits your fancy. Remember, you can hear me in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, on KMBR 680, the sports leader at KMBR.com. I'm on from 10 to 2 with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Poppin. You'll hear from him in today's podcast. And the YouTube channel is coming soon. I keep telling you that, but it is true. The YouTube channel is coming soon. A lot to get to today. A complete recap, like I said, of the 49ers 11-10 loss. Frustrating. A lot of things to talk about in, in a game like this. You always have the blame game, so let's... Not waste any more time. It's time for the number one story amongst all of the disaster, your leadoff spot. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. movimiento en la escopeta. Jimmy tiene el tiempo, el pase es interceptado, el pase es interceptado, quedó eso flotando y Jonas Griffith dice gracias. Here's Garoppolo, stretch and a boot roll right, back in the back of the end zone, he stepped over the end line, that's a safety, Jimmy threw it out, it got intercepted, is it a touchdown or a safety? It's going to be a safety. Now it's a safety, it'll be a dead ball, he threw out to Jonas Griffith who intercepted it, but when Jimmy steps over the end line, the play's dead. You're going to fall into two camps on Monday when it comes to Jimmy G. Either what you think is an excuse or an explanation, which is Jimmy didn't get the reps. Jimmy didn't play in camp. Jimmy's going to be rusty, right? He didn't get an offseason. He had shoulder surgery. The offense changed some. He didn't throw a lot in the offseason. So you got to excuse Jimmy Garoppolo. The only problem with that, as far as I'm concerned, and you can disagree at John Lund Radio, is that that wasn't a different Jimmy G to me. If Russell Wilson is Mr. Unlimited, then Jimmy Garoppolo is Mr. Limited. And we knew that, but I think we just forgot it for a minute because absence makes the heart grow fonder. Sometimes we forget, you know, that girlfriend you used to have where you'd say, geez, he was pretty great. And then you see her getting like, oh, that's why. That's kind of what happened here. Trey Lance wasn't ready. It's clear. They probably, the 49ers are probably better with Jimmy Garoppolo in the short term but he's very limited. So you've got a script. And you ever notice that early in a game, the 49ers are really good because they're sticking to the script. Think of Kyle as a director and Jimmy as an actor. Jimmy's looking at the script. If Jimmy can go by the script, he's good. Jimmy is not going to improvise. There are certain actors who are improvisers. Ooh, that was better. Let's take that one. Jimmy's going to read the script. Whatever Jimmy, it's like uh, Ron Burgundy. Whatever's on that screen, Ron Burgundy will read. Whatever's on that script, Jimmy Garoppolo will do. Now, he doesn't always execute it perfectly, but that's the kind of actor he is in a movie. 
Kyle's the director. Jimmy sticks to the script. Sometimes in a game, you need what Russell Wilson did. Go off script. Those are called off script plays. When they drafted Trey Lance, they, they thought, and I don't know what percentage of NFL plays are successful and go exactly like they're supposed to go, but if it's anything like my life or your life, it's not exactly scripted. You wake up in the morning, you think to yourself, it's going to go like this, this, and this, and it goes like that, that, and that. So you got to have somebody that's unscripted. Jimmy's not unscripted, and it's not his fault. I'm not ripping on Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, if you fall into the other side of the camp, which is Jimmy Garoppolo was rusty, and you can't help it, and he didn't throw in camp, and he threw on the side, and he didn't get the playbook until late. I understand. And there isn't, nothing's ever black and white. There are shades. That's a fair excuse. There are excuses. There are explanations. I'm fond of that term. That's somewhat of an, uh, an explanation. It's somewhat of an excuse. But stepping out of the end zone while Kyle contributed to that, and I'll get to that in a minute, that's on Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not on a lack of reps. Not seeing Debo Samuel, his hand up in the air, I'm wide open, is not lack of reps. That's Jimmy being Jimmy. That's the Jimmy I've seen. Jimmy locking on to Brandon Ayuk. That's what he did on that play. That's Jimmy being Jimmy. I've seen that. That's Jimmy, the script guy. That's, that's Jimmy Garoppolo. I've seen that. That's not lack of reps. That's not lack of throwing. Uh, missing Debo Samuel down the, down the sideline. If he throws that ball, Debo got it. But if he throws that wheel route correctly and out in front of him, that's a touchdown. And we'd be criticizing Trey Lance for the same thing. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. I've seen it. The interception with two minutes left into triple coverage where the safety comes up, bats it up in the air. Jonas Griffith intercepts it. He wasn't open on the turn. There was a, there was a corner right there. There were three Broncos right there. I've seen Jimmy force that throw. That's not lack of reps. That's Jimmy being Jimmy. So we kind of forgot because we started grading on a curve and we said, well, Jimmy can save the season. We hadn't seen Jimmy in a while. That's Jimmy. We were sick of Jimmy by the end of the Rams game last year in the NFC Championship game because he couldn't pull out a fourth-quarter comeback. Not all on him, no doubt about it. And by the end of the game against the Broncos, not having your left tackle and Jalen Moore was a complete joke, that's not Jimmy's fault either. So you can't fault the quarterback all the time, but he's the most obvious guy when your offense sputters the way that it did. And I'll get into it in Kyle Shanahan, not his best night. But when you go one for ten on third down, the quarterback's got to be culpable. When you commit the turnovers he committed, the quarterback's got to be culpable. The botched snap with Jake Brendel, I'll, I'll, I'll say that's a lack of being with him in camp. I'll give you that one. But I'm not giving you the interception into triple coverage. I'm not giving you the step out of the end zone. I'm not giving you missing Debo wide open on a blown coverage by the Broncos. I'm not giving you the pass that wasn't on the mark for Debo Samuel. That's what Jimmy's calling card is supposed to be. But we know what Jimmy is. Jimmy is on the script guy. Jimmy is Mr. Limited. He's not going to make plays with his legs. He's not going to pl make plays outside the numbers. He's not going to make plays down the field. So the Broncos took the script they've always known. They plugged it in and said, we know this guy. So to criticize Jimmy is to say that you haven't watched Jimmy over the last number of years, and there's a reason why the 49ers spent two first-round picks to replace him. They tried to replace him. They tried to get a Mr. Unlimited. They tried to get a guy that can make off-script plays. He wasn't ready to play, and then he got hurt. That's what happened. So we forgot that Jimmy Garoppolo was read-the-script guy. We forgot that Jimmy was Mr. Limited. We got caught up in, wow, look at this cool story. Jimmy signed, and thank God for Jimmy, and we have a really good backup. But at this point of his career, to me, he is a backup. He is limited. He can't make plays outside the numbers. The Broncos knew exactly what they were doing last night. They said, geez, this guy's limited. 
He can't threaten us deep. He can't threaten us outside the numbers. They're going to run the football right at us. And outside of a couple of times with Jeff Wilson, they weren't overly successful. We'll get more into it, like I said, with Kyle Shanahan. They know Debo's coming. They know what they're, you're going to do when he's in the backfield. So they couldn't run the ball after a while. And the Broncos laughed, and they said, put it on Mr. Limited. Let's see what he can do. And he couldn't win the game. But it's not on Jimmy because that's not what Jimmy's supposed to do. And a backup quarterback against a really good defense, more times than not, they're no match. Jimmy Garoppolo is maybe the best backup quarterback in the league. But now he's a starter, so he's in a different realm. And he's probably the, what, 20th best quarterback? Everyone knows what the 49ers are going to do offensively with Jimmy Garoppolo. And, yeah, there was some rust there. But too many bad plays by Jimmy last night, you cannot attribute to rust. He's Jimmy Garoppolo, Mr. Limited. And Sunday night, Russell Wilson made a few plays. He played the role of Mr. Unlimited. And Jimmy, as he always does, played the role of Mr. Limited. And that's what we can expect moving forward. Next. Trent Williams got rolled in by Dremont Jones. What's wrong with Trent? Oh, he got buckled. His knee, his leg was planted Something to him. They the rolled right up leg. behind him. Something He's right still leg. down. Absolute catastrophe. The only way that place work is worse is if Jimmy's interception is called. Wow. Fumbled snap, and now a safety when he steps over the end line. It'll be a free kick from Wisnowski when we come back, and the 49er lead is down to 7-5. to five. What's wrong with Trent Williams? This is not an indictment of the medical staff of the 49ers. I want to repeat, this is not an indictment of the medical staff, the training staff, everybody that tries to keep 49ers players healthy. It's more of a statement than anything. It's not really an argument. And maybe the rest of the league does go through this. I am well aware, having covered the NFL for a long time, having been an NFL fan for a long time, that guys get hurt. On average, it's about two per game. You just got to hope that your team, the two that get hurt for your team, A, it's not that much of a key player, and B, it's not for a long period of time. But there's no other sport in which health plays such a critical role because you're going to have injuries. It's just where you're going to have those injuries. We said before the season that someone was going to get hurt at the quarterback position and probably Jimmy Garoppolo was going to get traded to that place. And I did all this research. It was 2.3 major injuries to a quarterback per year, so about three quarterbacks were going to get hurt. And where were those quarterbacks going to be? Well, guess what? The biggest major injury happened to Trey Lance, and Jimmy Garoppolo is here, and now Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter again for the 49ers. You may or may not like that. So for the 49ers so far this year, Jimmy Ward, their best defensive back and defensive leader, was hurt in a freak way in one of the last practices of camp in the last hour of that practice. Elijah Mitchell, who was hurt a lot last year, got hurt, and he's out for a couple of months. Trey Lance, we all saw, got hurt in week two. And now, maybe their most indispensable player, I would say, between Nick Bosa and Trent Williams, but because Trent Williams plays, I think, a more critical position at left tackle, and because he's irreplaceable to me, I think he is the most indispensable player on the team, and now he's hurt. And he plays the role of physical enforcer, for what many think is the most physical team in the NFL. When Trent Williams walks on the field, you ever seen Trent Williams up close? I have many times, and I don't think he has a sweatshirt or a shirt in general that covers up his big guns. In fact, I told him that. I said, look, he owns a gym in Oklahoma, and I said, dude, if I had arms like that, I would never, ever, 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 ever 
wear a shirt that cover those things up. They're just they're they're too good. He's a leader. He's a veteran. He's their most indispensable player, in my opinion, for a lot of different reasons. And he's out. And you can replace Jimmy Ward with Tayshawn Gibson, and it, it's been pretty good. And there's a number of running backs through the years that have replaced runners for Kyle Shanahan, and they've still been able to run the ball. I still would like Elijah Mitchell, but he's a replaceable player to a point. Trey Lance, you were lucky enough to have Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, we're debating the success. <laughs> we're debating the effectiveness of Jimmy Garoppolo today. But you have to admit that if he's not the best backup quarterback in the league, which I think he is, then he's darn close to being it. So they're fortunate to have him. They don't have a left tackle even close to the caliber of Trent Williams. It's not Jalen Moore. It's not Colton McKivitz. There's no one on this roster that can replicate the things that Trent Williams can do. Now, you can bring over George Kittle, and he can help you block. He can chip. Kyle Juszczyk, you can bring him over. He can chip. But then that means those guys aren't out running routes and being offensive threats. So there's a way to do it. Short-term, Colt McKivitz played the final game of the year against the Rams, the game that got him in the playoffs, and he held up good enough that the 49ers came back and won that football game. So all is not lost. But when you have an injured player, especially at this caliber, you can survive for a little while, but long-term, the cracks are going to start to show. And, oh, by the way, Aaron Donald is going to line up across from Colton McKivitz as much as he possibly can. That's what you do. You take advantage of situations. But my point, I guess, is saying that this goes back to last year when it was Jason Verrett who got hurt in the Lions game, and the defensive backfield just never recovered. They just did, He was an indispensable player last year, and then they shored up that piece this year, and they got a lot of depth. But the 49ers have had a really difficult time staying ahead of the injuries. 2020 was completely wrecked by injuries the year after the Super Bowl. High expectations, it was just injuries. And that's what the NFL comes down to. How healthy is your team? If you look at games missed by teams, you can mirror that with the standings. It's just how it happens. So a lot of it may be luck, but the 49ers are the most physical football team in the league. I'll say it again. And maybe it's because they're the most physical. Debo Samuel uh, got gang tackled by about five or six Broncos. Just go down to survive another day. Now, Trent Williams got rolled up on. There's really nothing he can do. There's no rhyme or reason to the injuries that the 49ers have. George Kittle's been banged up a lot. Mosley's been banged up a lot. Ward's been banged up a lot in his career. Jimmy Garoppolo, one of the reasons they made the trade, admittedly, was not only did they think they wanted to, that they could upgrade at the quarterback position, but Jimmy Garoppolo was just too injured. Trent Balky took guys who had ACLs. He collected them. Hey, dude, no more ACL draft picks. How about that? Look, nobody's overly physical in practices and training camp anymore in the NFL. They just don't do it, and it's mandated that they don't as well. They're trying to keep their guys healthy. But I said this when it came down to Trey Lance's injury, and I don't know this for a fact. If you want to keep a player healthy, then do things. It's like, it's like a roulette in Las Vegas. You're going to play to the odds. So the odds say if you don't run Trey Lance up the middle, he has a better chance to not get hurt if he can go to the outside and dictate either sliding or getting out of bounds. I talked about that last week. So are they doing everything they can as an organization to keep their players healthy? Maybe they are. Again, I'm not indicting anyone. I'm not criticizing anyone. I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. I'm just thinking that the 49ers over the last number of years have lost more games to injury than anybody else in the league, especially to key players. Maybe it's just bad luck. Could be. But maybe there's something to this again. And maybe they need to check on this again. Next. 
Um, I mean, that, that was a tough situation I put him in. Um, that unblocked guy coming. Um, wish we'd had time for the big play and could have ditched it. Um, but it was a tough situation I put him in. Kind of after the Wilson I just thought from where I was, which I'm not on the line, so I could be wrong. From where I was, I thought their three technique jumped um, a couple of plays before that uh, on the big sack that set us back. But that's what we all saw from where I was at. But I don't know how it was. How did you evaluate the way Jimmy played today? I thought he played real well in the first half. I mean, I thought he was made some plays, um, hit the ones that were there, and then made some that weren't there. I'm um, in the second half. Uh, I don't think anyone on offense did good, including myself. I mean, we didn't really get into rhythm the whole time, and um, our defense did a hell of a job keeping us in there, but um, we weren't able to get it going. What, what do you put on your plate? Just all the mistakes I thought the offense made. Um, put them in that tough spot there with the safety. Um, just not being able to get anything going. Um, I mean, they said it was a, I was told it was a 50-50 decision. Um, we're a little nervous of Russell making a big play on third and long, maybe throwing it up, getting a PI and stuff, or getting a holding, getting an automatic first down or something like that. Uh, so we went with the 55-yarder. Next time in the second half, I switched and went the other way. That was Kyle Shanahan after the loss to the Broncos. And I am loath to criticize a successful coach, Kyle Shanahan, hasn't won a Super Bowl, but he's been to one. He's been to an NFC Championship game. And as far as I can tell, and the really smart people say that Kyle Shanahan is really good at his job. He has years as a successful offensive coordinator. I think he's creative. I think he's one of the best minds in the NFL. And it's just not me speaking. I'm regurgitating a lot of things that I hear and people say. If the 49ers let him go, which they're not, but if they did, he would probably have a job before he hung up the phone. Now, having said that, it's very similar to what used to happen when Bruce Bochy was managing the Giants, or even Bob Melvin, really successful guys. In Bochy's case, a guy who had won three World Series. Steve Kerr has won multiple championships with the Warriors. But it doesn't mean as successful as those guys are, or as successful as you may be in your job and I might be in mine, that you don't have off days. So it doesn't mean that Kyle Shanahan or Bruce Bochy or Steve Kerr, guys who are really successful in what they do, are beyond reproach. Bill Walsh, I mean, name them all in the history of Bay Area sports. And I'm sure you're really good at what you do. But you're going to have an off day. Maybe you were hungover. I don't know. But you're just not going to be as sharp one day as you are another day. And I would say that would be the case for Kyle Shanahan against the Broncos on Sunday night. Now, on one side, Jimmy didn't practice. He didn't throw in camp. You were going with Trey Lance. You had to change the game plan. You lost the left tackle, the best in the NFL. Uh, he didn't botch the snap. He didn't step out of the end zone. He didn't fumble on that last drive, Jeff Wilson. He didn't throw the pick by Jimmy, thrown into triple coverage. He didn't miss Debo Samuel with his hand up wide <laughs> open down the right sideline. He didn't throw the ball short to Debo Samuel. If he catches that and runs, it's probably a touchdown. Kyle didn't do any of those things. But the play calling at this point is ultra conservative. Uh, the Debo package is extremely predictable. Uh, you can see that the Broncos weren't fooled by it at all. And 19 runs when you know that 30-plus and you're 23-2, and two, and Kyle wants to run the football, but this was a close game. It wasn't like you were down big. Uh, I thought he gave up on the run in too many ways. I don't think he was creative enough uh, running the football. He let Brandon McManus kick that 54-yarder when the defense was absolutely dominating. You would push the Broncos back 10 yards. So in a game that's really, really tight, and at that point in the game, and really most of the game, the defense dominated the Broncos, but especially at that point, Russ was doing nothing. Russ was extremely Mr. Limited. 
There was nothing going on. So you pushed them back 10 yards. He said after the game, and you heard it right there, that he was afraid that Russell Wilson might do something. Well, you can't live like that. you got to look at the game situation. I don't know if you looked at analytics or whatever, but it's back to my one of my old theories. Watch the damn game. Your defense is absolutely dominating. You're not going to give them three points. High altitude. Brandon McManus, 54-yarder, that's automatic. you got to push them out of field goal range. So Kyle Shanahan didn't have his best game, and there was a bunch of different reasons why that I just stated. He also said right there in the post-game press conference that, well, a lot of people would blame Jimmy Garoppolo for stepping out of the end zone, and I would. He's a veteran player and should know where he is. Kyle Shanahan put him in that position with that play call. It wasn't the best. Usually what you'll do is you bash your way out of the end zone. Denver did it when they started at their own one-yard line and went right down the field on the 49ers. So that's what you usually do. You bash your way out of the end zone, and then you can open up the playbook a little bit. They didn't do that. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, you can say, is because of camp or whatever the reason may be, maybe he didn't have his bearings. But clearly, Kyle Shanahan wouldn't have played that way with Trey Lance. He would have played conservative. He felt a little more comfortable with Jimmy Garoppolo, and it burned him. That, to me, is on Kyle. Yeah, it's on Jimmy for not knowing where he's on the field. But remember, think of Jimmy as an actor. Jimmy looks at the script. And early in games, Jimmy's actually good. When, when it's a scripted early in the game, so they scored on their second possession. Early in the game, when the game is still scripted, Jimmy Garoppolo's pretty good. Kyle's the director. Think of it like that. And as the movie moves on, Kyle's like, eh, let's change this scene to this. He needs an actor that can be an improv guy. Jimmy's not an improv guy. Jimmy's a script reader. Whoa, 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 we're sticking to the script. Jimmy's really good on the script. You go off the script, it's why they drafted Trey Lance. So he wanted to stay with the script. But if you go off script with Jimmy, you're going to have problems. Again, yeah, some of that's on Jimmy, but you're the coach. You're the director of the movie. That's got to be on Kyle Shanahan. I am loathe. I don't like to criticize guys who are smarter than me. Bruce Bochy, Steve Kerr, Bill Walsh, guys who have had a ton of success in their career and know a hell of a lot more about their sport than I know about their sport, and specifically being in the position that they are. But it was clear to me that there were five or six decisions at least that Kyle Shanahan would like to have back in a one-point game that would have made the difference. And next week against the Rams, they know the 49ers as well as anybody. Whatever you have in that bag of tricks, Kyle Shanahan's got to break them out next week. And, yep, Trent Williams is not going to play. Elijah Mitchell's not going to play. Trey Lance is not going to play. You are limited. You don't have a full deck of cards, but that's the NFL. Kyle Shanahan, your move. Next. The NFL in 90 or so, week number three, the biggest win of the day. Two in the Finns upset the Bills to move to 3-0. and The Bills fall to 2-1. and Miami survived to punt off their punter's ass. Two had a deep shot to Jalen Waddle to take the lead, 21-19. Then the Bills couldn't get the final playoff. Up, Quad gets away. Oh, my goodness, how did he escape? It goes off to McKenzie. He'll drive and dance. The clock continues to tick. He picks up 11. The clock is at five. That is the great Kevin Harlan. The Bills, as you heard, simply ran out of time around midfield. Down by two for some reason. Isaiah McKenzie, the receiver, decided to cut inside rather than to sprint for the sidelines. No timeouts, 10 seconds left. But the best part, you got to Google this. Look this up. You got to see the video. Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey loses it in the booth. Nothing was safe from his temper tantrum. 
Biggest upset of the day, the Colts 0-2 at home. Patrick Mahomes, right? That's an easy one for the Chiefs. Not so fast, my friend. Right up the middle, I think it's man-to-man. Here he goes from the 20. He throws it to the end zone. The Colts have taken the lead with 24 seconds remaining. 20-17, the Colts get the victory. Jim Nance, Tony Romo on the call. Matt Ryan delivering his 43rd career game-winning drive. Most disappointing through three weeks, that's easy. The Raiders fall to 0-3, the only 0-3 team in the NFL. Nobody's helping down at the bottom. Carr over the middle, deflected and then picked off in the end zone. Intercepted by Kevin Byard. Kenny Albert and Fox on the call. Battle of the Bays, it came down to a two-point reversion between the two soon-to-be Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Tom Brady on the field, Aaron Rodgers holding his breath. Pressure, steps away, throwing tip, incomplete. The Packers are gonna win it. Devondre Campbell. Brady drove the Bucks down the field, they pull within two, but they can't convert 14 to 12. Remember how everybody thought the 49ers should have taken Mac Jones? Three interceptions and a loss to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Jackson, 14 deep passes, over 100 yards rushing, and a score on the ground. Jackson keeps it, has a first down, has a touchdown! Lamar Jackson! 37-26, the Ravens win, and with each game, Lamar Jackson's price tag goes up. They're just gonna tag him anyway. Break up the Jacksonville Jags. They improved to two and one as Trevor Lawrence is starting to look like the number one pick under Doug Peterson. This is a second and seven. Lawrence on the move, looking, throws, end zone, touchdown, Zay Jones. 38 to 10 over Justin Herbert. He was banged up, you could tell, with those ribs. 38 to 10, Jacksonville wins it. It seems like it's been the season of last-second wins. The Vikings outlast the Lions 28-24 on this Kirk Cousins to K.J. Osborne throw. Cousins, he's got it, touchdown, it's Osborne again! And Minnesota is in front with 45 seconds to play. Lions led most of the game, but that is typical Lions. Kirk Cousins wasn't great, 24-41, 260 in those two touchdown passes. Vikings 2-1, and one, Lions 1-2. One and two. And that's the NFL in 90 seconds or so. Giannis says Steph is the best. It's time for One for the Road. Do, do I believe that um, I'm one of the best players in the league and the way I I help my team be great and win games, uh, it's efficient and effective? Yeah, I do believe. Um, I'm mature enough, I'm old enough to understand that. Um, do I believe I'm the best player in the world? No. Um, I think the best player in the world is the person that uh, is the last one standing. You know, is the person that uh, takes his, his team to the final to the finish line and helps them win the game, you know, win games and become champion. Two years ago when we did that, yeah, you know, when I was sleeping in uh, my bed, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I'm the best player in the world, you know. But now, no. Um, in my opinion, the way I view it, um, the winner is the best. The guy that wins is the best. When we play a game of ping pong, when I go in my house and I play against my brothers, when I win and I play against the Nazis, coaches and Alex and then my mom and Mariah, and I win, I'm the best. Yeah, you know, if um, 
you know, Costas played really good, a great series, but he didn't win. How can he be the best when I won? You know, so that's how I view it. Yeah, I believe that uh, the best player in the world is uh, Steph Curry. I usually do not like the best conversation: Jordan versus LeBron, Kobe. Uh, if you want to talk about best quarterbacks, Montana, Brady. There's there's a multitude of reasons why you can't. Different eras, different players. Player gets on a different team. Maybe he's got more freedom. Maybe he's got less. Maybe he's asked to do different things. So the whole best thing is a it's a screaming A Smith kind of a conversation. I understand the talk shows on ESPN and they got time to fill and they got to scream at each other. And this guy's definitely the best. And this guy's definitely the worst. And this is the list. And this guy's at the top. And this, but that is the most logical explanation Giannis Antetokounmpo just made. Because I really do not like the best. Because I think Steph Curry is the best winner. I think he's the most clutch. I think he's the scariest to face. I think he's the most fun to watch. I think he's the classiest player. I think he's the player that most players want to play with. I think he's the most selfless. I think he's the number one team CEO. I think he's the guy that most corporations would want, as far as an athlete goes, to represent their company. So there's a lot of different things I think Steph is. I don't know if he's the best. I don't know if LeBron's the best. I don't know if Michael Jordan's the best. I don't know if Joe Montana's the best. I don't know if Tom Brady's the best. It's an endless conversation. It's like evolution. Once you go down that road, oh, it's maddening. But we've had the conversation a million times. Is Kevin Durant the best? Is this guy the best? I don't know. But you know what? Giannis Antetokounmpo just made the the best point ever. Steph Curry just won. Now, I know the Warriors just won, but Steph Curry was the most clutch. Now, I think Steph Curry is the most clutch. I think Steph Curry, once the playoff starts, is the best player on the floor. I don't know if he's the best player now approaching 35 through 82 games. But that's another thing you have to differentiate. I think Steph Curry should only play in 60 games this year and then just be ready for the playoffs. It didn't used to be that way. Guys would play 82. They knew it was a – they knew they were playing in all the games. They knew they were playing 40-plus minutes. It's a different time now. But you're right, Giannis Antetokounmpo. In an argument that I really don't like, Steph Curry's the best because Steph Curry – has the trophy. But you're right. Whether it's ping pongs, tiddlywinks, NBA basketball, Steph Curry's the best because Steph Curry won. And nobody else can claim the title until next year. And that is Unleashed Various Sports Talk with me, John Lund, for Monday, September 26th, 2022. That is episode number 11. Remember to listen daily. We drop the podcast each morning. Subscribe where you get your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify, etc. Listen to my day job, my radio show, with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa. Weekdays 10 to 2 on the Blowtorch in the Bay Area, KNBR 680, the Sports Eater. Interact with the show. We do the mailbag each Tuesday, but you can interact any old time at John Lund Radio. YouTube channel is coming soon. We'll be better tomorrow. It's Unleashed with me, John Lund, Bay Area Sports Talk, Monday, September 26, 2022, on the Locked On Podcast Network.